We started a series um, called I Quit, and uh, we started last week, and we talked about I Quit Making Excuses. Uh, how many found yourself, I'm guilty of that. I mean, I, I could raise my hand. Today, we're going to talk about I Quit Complaining. I <laughs> I quit complaining. Uh, so we talked about excuses last week. Now we're going to talk about how many knows somebody that complains all the time? Look, look at the hands go up. If you're sitting next to your spouse, just elbow them. How many think, that, are you the one that complains all the time? Raise your hand. <laughs> a couple of you. Maddie raised your hand. I, I cast that off you in Jesus' name. There you go. Um, some people complain about everything. Have you ever found that? There are some that complain the weather's not right. It, if it's raining, they wish the sun was out. If it's sunny, they wish it would rain, you know, and all of that. Um, it, the music's too loud. It's too soft. Uh, they didn't play my song. The service was, it was too short. It was too long. Uh, the pastor moved too fast. It was over before we knew it. You know, um, I waited three minutes at the drive-thru in McDonald's to get my cheeseburger. Ah! My cell phone dropped another call. Isn't that wonderful? Don't you love it when your cell phone drops a call and you're talking to someone important? That you feel like it's an important call, you had to make it, and you're about to say something. You've been waiting this whole time for the whole conversation. Hello? Uh, Hello? Then you got to, yeah. But anyway, you know, things just, sometimes it just seems like everything is just not right. I'm telling you, I'm 54 years old, and if I wanted to look at life like that, if everything was just right, I would look and look and look. Is, I mean, is there anybody? Now, think about it. If we were examining from a natural standpoint, is there ever any time that everything is just right? It's kind of tough. But now, from a, a perspective of being one of God's kids, we can say, you know what? I may not like this, but I'm going to take on the attitude of Christ. I'm going to start saying, you know what? This is all, all things work together for good for them that love God and are called according to his purpose. It doesn't say all things are good. They're going to work together for my good. So I understand that. There are those that around us, and, and maybe it is us, you know, it could be you. They excel in complaining. It is a spiritual gift to them. <laughs> Some people complain about their jobs. You know, uh, I, ha- I had a friend that complained about his job, hated his job, hated it loathed it every time i saw him that's the first thing is i hate my job and i'm like i would hate to be your boss because obviously you know you're not going to really be promoting the company but he would hate his job and then there's others that complain they don't have a job so they're upset about that some complain they have too much to do some people complain they have nothing to do others complain about being bored my child my kids have said that my children have said that i'm bored I can help that. I've told him, I can help you with that. I'm bored. There's nothing to do. That's like going, how many have TVs? Have Dish or, or Direct TV or, or even cable? 17 bazillion channels and there's nothing to watch. I complain about others that are bored that complain that they have nothing to do. No. Here's some complaints from the female gender. Ladies, <laughs> they complain about not having children, having too many children, just having children, their husbands, I'm pausing, <laughs> not having a husband, housework, their figures, their hair, their makeup, their nails, men, here's what you complain about, these are just general things for both of them 
traffic, bad traffic, paying for parking. <laughs> guys, you know, huh? potholes, being late. I hate being late. Not enough money, not enough time, not having enough stuff. People who complain all the time, we like to complain about that. And people who put toilet paper rolls on the wrong way. You all know toilet paper goes over, not under. You can't trust anybody that has to get paper like that. Just saying. I had to throw that one in there. <laughs> Complaining, you might say, Brett, it's not a big deal. It's just really not that big of a deal. But it, if we go clear back to the Garden of Eden, it dates clear back to there. God had put Adam in the garden and then gave him a wife. And so Eve and Adam, and you know, they ended up going to the tree they weren't supposed to and, and ate the forbidden fruit. And what did Adam say? The woman that you gave me, it's her fault. We look at the book of Job, or Job in the book of Job. Uh, he had a lot to complain about. Job 10.1, this is what it says. I'm disgusted. This is New Living Translation with my life. Let me complain freely. My bitter soul must complain. Behind me, my soul loathes my life. Don't you love that report? I loathe my life. I will give free course to my complaint. The reason I like the living is because I'm going to complain. I'm going to say what I want. Anybody ever want to just say what they want? Oh, give me a mic. Let me say what I want. We've all been in situations like that. Go, go to one of those, uh, go to Walmart or Myers like the day after Christmas and wait in line. They will say what you want in the return aisle. We want to look at complainers. We look at the Israelites in the Old Testament. Those were chief complainers. Now, God delivers them through Moses. I mean, if you, I mean, just think about the things that they went through. We, we, we have a book to read it. Now, they're living through it, but think about the ten plagues, and, and uh, they were released. Think about, you know, the sea parting. I mean, manna from heaven, quail. I mean, they got all of these. They complained about everything. Clothes never wore out. Now, for a guy, that's like sweet, because every guy in here has probably had their wife, if you're married, throw away your favorite jersey or shirt with 17 holes in it that you loved that smelled bad, but she said it's gone. Girls would not like that, but their clothes never wore out. Their shoes never wore out. I mean, it was like, I don't need to buy new. I have this. So they complained about the food, and they, they wished they had, had died back in bondage. This is what they said in Exodus 16, 2 through 4. There, too, the whole community of Israel complained about Moses and Aaron. Only the Lord had killed us back in Egypt. I mean, the Bible doesn't say this, but I would like to put in there morons. Anyway, only if the Lord had killed us back in Egypt, they moaned. There we sat around pots filled with meat and ate all the bread we wanted. But now you've brought us into the wilderness to starve us all to death. Then the Lord said to Moses, look, I'm going to rain down food from heaven for you. Each day the people can go out and pick up as much food as they need for the day. I'll test them in this to see whether or not they follow my instructions. It's just amazing to me, isn't it? Sometimes when we go and we're challenged and we and we want to our, our life immediately, we look back and, and I mean it's like they forget the whipping, they forget the bondage, they forget the chains, they forget the pain, the people that died from starvation. All they remember is well we sat around, we had stuff. 
If you want to be divisive, if you want to hurt the heart of God, if you want to drive other people away, if you want to hurt yourself, do what most people do. Keep on complaining. Rationalize it. Excuse it away. Everybody else does it. It's not that big a deal. Can I say this? I preached a message on this one time. If you complain, you remain. Now, I've had this message pretty much ready for well over a week. But, I mean, I'm looking and I'm thinking, there's some things in here that apply to me. If you want to have a life that truly honors God, we could do this. We could quit complaining. Here's why complaining is so dangerous. I'm going to give you a couple principles from the Old Testament, the cost of complaining. Number one is complaining offends the heart of God. How, how, do you like to, I mean, do you ever blessed if you're not, if you don't have any children, but you bless some uh, child in your family, your niece, your nephew, or, or, or anybody, I guess, and they just complain and whine about it? Tim Hawkins, a Christian comedian, tells a story. He took his kids to Six Flags, spent a half a grand, $500. That's a half a grand. And they spent the whole day at Six Flags. And on the way home, he said, this is what he heard. <laughs> he looks in the mirror and he goes, what's the matter, sugar pudding? And the little girl says, Timmy's family went to Disney World for a whole week. And we went to Six Flags for only a day. He said, watch daddy. Jesus, take the wheel. I mean, he's just like, are you kidding me? I spent a half a grand. And it's not good enough. We'd go on vacation and... One of my boys was this, you know, I'm not going to tell you which one. Of course, there's only two, but one of them was like, we always go to the same restaurant. And I said, and you always get the same thing. There's nothing to eat. There's a bazillion things on the menu. Get something else. Live a little. And they're like, oh. You want to just go, don't eat. You watch us. It'll be fun. You want to go, you ungrateful little brat. (laughs) They quickly caught on, though. Yeah. Soon the people, Numbers 11, 1 and 2 says this. Soon the people began to complain about their hardship, and the Lord heard everything they said. I read this, and I'm like, yikes. Then the Lord's anger blazed against them. He sent a fire to rage among them. He destroyed some of the people in the outskirts of the camp. The Lord screamed to Moses. The Lord screamed to Moses. The Lord screamed. Moses! I mean, when you read that, it's like, you, you just want to hear the Lord. Moses, it is I. He's like, hey, Moses! Isn't that something? I don't know. I just... I, I didn't make that up. I'm reading it. For he screamed to Moses for help, and when he prayed to the Lord, the fire stopped. Uh, actually, I read that wrong. <laughs> you guys should correct me when I read something wrong. Right? I'm reading that, and I'm like, wow, I didn't see that before. That's because it's not there. Don't you leave here and complain about that. I'm not afraid to admit when I'm wrong. Then the people screamed to Moses. I'm like, why did I read that wrong? All right. That makes a big difference, doesn't it? So let's go back to that, Moses. (laughs) And the people are going, Moses! Okay, now we got that right. So if you come home and there's a big fire ring around your yard, (laughs) you've been complaining too much. 
The principle is very clear. Complaining offends the heart of God. Here's number two. Complaining carries significant consequences. You want to drive people away. You want to complain all the time. That'll do it. They'll see you coming and go the other way. It's complaining's like spiritual bad breath. You ever talk to somebody that has really bad breath? I mean, they, I, I, I'm sure they don't mean to. I remember a gentleman talked to me. Have you ever seen someone with a cigarette in their mouth and when they talk, it just bounces up and down and, and the smoke is going in their eyes and the whole time they're talking to you, they're... This guy would get in my... Do you like people in your space? I mean, I like to talk to people and, and we're this far away. That's cool. But I mean, I don't want to kiss the dude. You know what I'm saying? He's right here and he's talking to me and I'm doing that like, oh man, because it's nasty. What happens when, when bad breath comes? I mean, you just, you naturally, you don't want to go, hey, your breath is really bad. I mean, you could, but if it was your husband or your wife, you probably would. Here's a mint. But, uh, you know, if some of you don't know, you probably just kind of step back. <laughs> this person would always just keep stepping up. You're just <laughs> Complaining is like spiritual bad breath. And uh, so you back up, and, and that's what it does with God. Numbers 14, 27, and 29. I'll try to read this one correctly. <laughs> How long must I put up with this wicked community and its complaints about me? Yes, I've heard the complaints the Israelites are making against me. Tell them this. As surely as I live, declares the Lord. I will do to you the very things I heard you say. You'll all drop dead in this wilderness because you complained against me. Every one of you who is 20 years old or older and was included in the registration will die. He's basically saying, I'm, I'm done. I'm, I'm not putting up with this anymore. People will read that and they'll go, listen, the Bible always backs itself up. Life and death is in your mouth. You can speak life or you can speak death. Most generally with complaining is not life. So you need to understand, you won't get what you want if you just complain. Um, that old saying, the squeaky wheel gets the oil. Depends on what you're getting oiled for, you know what I'm saying, or what you're talking about. Only Caleb and Joshua of the 12 spies that sent out went to the promised land. The others didn't make it due to their complaining. 11-day journey, 40 years. Amazing. You ever have your kids complain to the point of frustration? And you just want to go, are you kidding me? I'm trying to bless you and you just complain about it. I just want, you know, here you can do this. Sometimes, you know, there's complaints, not just, I'm sure if you've had kids, you, you understand, they're just complaining and you're like, our kids in, were homeschooled. They're on a field trip. They're, they're not in a school. They're not in a classroom. They're on a field trip a stinking field trip they're going to eat out they're walking around they're ha you know there's things that we're doing that or they could be at a desk and they're <laughs> you just want to go ha ah! you could be doing write me a 10-page essay i don't want to do that okay be happy Sometimes, but I want to go. Well, you're not going. Why? Because you don't appreciate it. All you do is complain about it. If, you, if all you do is complain, sooner or later, you're going to say, okay, we're done. We're not, we're not even going. You don't appreciate what, we're, what is being done for you. It can cost you significantly. It's been said that when you complain, you draw negative things to you. Again, life and death are in your mouth. 
There's a story of people who are looking for a house in a new town, and they asked the realtor, what are the people like in this town? The realtor said, what are the people like in the town you left? They said they were terrible. They were judgmental. They were critical. They were miserable. They were stingy. They were just mean all the time. He said, well, unfortunately, the people in this town are just like that. The next day, he took another family through, and they wanted to see some houses in that town. And they asked him the same question. What are the people like in this town? He goes, well, what were the people like in the town you left? They said they were wonderful. Some of our best friends were in that town, but they were wonderful. They were giving. They were happy. You know, they were very friendly. We loved it. He said, well, you'll find the people in this town the same way. You see, it's how you perceive things. It's how that you, you take things on. If you want to be negative and you want to look for the negative, if you want to be bitter and that's what you're looking for, you will find it. I'm not trying to be Pollyanna here. I'm just trying to be real. You don't have to look far to find either of those spectrums. If you want to find good, you can find good. You want to find God, you can find God. God's not playing hide and seek from you. He's there. If you assume something negative and critical, leave that assumption without knowing the facts or the truth, you respond according to your assumption. So in other words, if you're already assuming, and I'm just going to, you know, if you're assuming like, hey, you know what? I don't think they like me. And that is your assumption. When you go and you're around that person, you are already responding to what you believe is the truth when it's on a slant. So you're going to perceive everything that they do or do not do as something against you. Am I, am I saying right? Because that's, that's what we do. I mean, and we don't want to do that, but sometimes our human nature, we just start. And the enemy works on a fence, not a picket fence, offense. He's always trying to get you to mm, mm, take this. They don't like you. Oh, man, they're just this or they're just that. So if we evaluate it, it comes in on a slant because we have a preconceived idea of what their heart is and how they feel. Critical and negative people are miserable people because they're people that all they want to do is be critical and negative. And you've ever heard that saying, birds of a feather flock together. You, if you're not careful, there'll be other people that'll they'll be drawn to that because you'll you'll work on that together today i think we face an issue uh, of children that have in in cases believe they have an entitlement to everything there's that spirit of i just i have a right i'm entitled to it they're owed something the world revolves around them and the things that they want now i don't know if this is you I'm just telling you, you'll, you can relate to how this, when I was growing up, this is how this was. I have heard and seen someone, what would you like for lunch? Oh, I would like, well, we're having this. I don't want that. I want this. Okay. And they would make that. And in the middle of making that, well, I really kind of don't want that. I'd like to make this too. Okay. And they end up making like four different things they may or may not eat sit down ah, i decided i didn't want that something wrong with that when i grew up now i'm not saying i am the uh, you know the, i'm not setting the co- course for everything 
Were you like me? Did your parents ask you, hey, what do you want to eat? I mean, I'm okay with asking them, but if we make a decision, either as a family or here's what we're going to have or here's what the budget or here's what we got, we're going to eat the food that we have, we would make food. When, when Kim made food and the kids were growing up, that's what they ate. You know, if, if Mal, let's say Mal said, I don't want to eat that. Here's what my boys would say, yes, more for me. When I grew up, my mom never asked me even if I wanted it. You either ate it or you went hungry. You, you don't want to eat? Okay. She'd put it away. And she would tell me, you're not eating again till you eat that. She'd save it on the plate, bless God. She'd put the plate in on that one thing called saran wrap that she thought could keep things for years. And at supper, I'm like, yes, oh, man, mom made pork chops. Nuh-uh, not for me. I got what I had for lunch. Because she made it, and then I complained about it, and she's like, you're going to eat this. And you might say, well, I don't agree with that. Well, I'm, I'm really, it, it's already passed. So what I'm telling you is we can't afford entitlement like just the spirit of everybody owes us if we conform to the children and make life center around them for everything we do and if life doesn't bow down to them and give them what they want they feel like they have a god-given right to complain about it that they don't have to work for anything they don't have to put their hand to anything ultimately they begin to bless or to to be against god because they're just saying this shouldn't be happening why isn't my life the way I like it? Because complaining at its root is a spiritual problem. We start thinking it's very selfish. We think we should be, we almost put ourselves in the place of God. So if things aren't right, we've got to complain about it. Here's the bottom line. God doesn't exist to serve us. We serve him. God does not exist to serve us. We serve him. So in a culture where complaining is not only normal, it's expected. And if birds of a feather flock together, let's change our flock. Let's not flock in complaining. People form friendships on common likes or dislikes. From sports teams, you know, you might not even know people. They're, unfortunately, there's Steeler fans in the room. <laughs> Nothing I can do about it. But, you know, they, they're, they're, they form a bond because they like Pittsburgh, uh, <clears throat> but that's okay. <laughs> Philippians two fourteen through eighteen says, "Do everything without complaining and arguing, so that no one can criticize you. Live clean, innocent lives as children of God, shining like bright lights in a world full of crooked and perverse people. Hold firmly to the word of life. Then, on the day of Christ's return, I'll be proud that I did not run the race in vain. My work was not useless, but I will rejoice even if I lose my life, pouring it out like a liquid offering to God. Just." like your faithful service is an offering to God. And I want all of you to share that joy. Yes, you should rejoice, and I will share your joy. So what I'm going to give you is I'm going to give you this. Now listen to this. The what, the why, the how for restraining our complaining. The what, the why, the how for restraining our complaining. There's going to be three thoughts. I want you to get them all down. It's not going to take very long. Number one, what? Do not complain. That's pretty easy. Everybody say this with me. Do everything without complaining. Or arguing. That's tough. You don't have to say that's tough. 
Someone might be saying, I'm going to show you my kids, and, and uh, I'm going to show this person this message. They need to, I'm, going to, I'm going to download this, I'm going to go to the website, and they're going to listen to this message. I'm asking, what about us? What about you? Maybe, you know, and I'm guilty of the same thing I'm, I'm telling you, so I've, I, I'm working on myself as well. If your marriage is full of arguing and complaining, then somewhere along the line, one of you or both have bought the enemy's live entitlement. I just, I'm going to complain. I'm going to, you did this, and so here's the reason, and no, 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 no. We've all been there. Whether you're married or whether you're just whatever, I get it. We have a God-given right to complain about it. Do we? So if I was doing marriage counseling, I might say, write down the things about your spouse you don't like. And I've done this before in Oh, okay. <laughs> oh, <laughs> and oh, <laughs> then I could say, write down the things that you do. Most generally, the list of what you do like is far greater than the list of what you don't. What happens is we major on minor. The enemy is very good. Now think about all the trees in the Garden of Eden. The one thing that they're not allowed to do is the one thing he majored on them doing. Divorces have happened just because the guy can't throw his socks in the laundry basket. He makes them close, but they're not in there. You're like, that's stupid. Yes, it is. But they're majoring on a minor. That'll just eat at them. Why can't he put that away? Should he? Sure he should. But if we, you know, let's, let's, Let's get back to what, let's let God work on those areas. Remember what I've told you before, what you feed grows, what you starve dies. Keep things in perspective. If that is all that you focus on, you didn't put your dishes away, you didn't put your underwear in the dirty clothes, you didn't do this, you didn't do that, you know, da-da-da-da-da-da-da, it'll take its toll day after day after day, and that's all that you'll hear in your mind. You'll run it over and over again. Ephesians 4.29 says, don't use foul or abusive language. Let everything you say be good and helpful so that your words will be an encouragement to those who hear them. Now, it says let everything. It doesn't say let some things. Let most of the things or part of the things. So again, this applies to everybody. It applies to me. I got work to do. There's some things I just need. God, I got to give this to you. Anytime you're about to complain this week, this is what I want you to do. Zip it. See how much less you talk. <laughs> Some of you will be like, I didn't say anything. Exactly. Look for the good and you'll find it. Let's, you know, complaining versus gratitude. You know, instead of complaining about your job, be thankful that you have a job. Well, I only have one car. Be thankful you're not walking. You know, start looking at, at, at good things instead of the bad. You know, well, I don't, I don't like that. You know, I only have six eggs. To, to cook with right now we need groceries well thank god you got six eggs what can you make with six eggs you know what i'm saying start looking instead of the glass is half empty it's half full baby you got something all i have is a little bit of oil use what you got start where you are do what you can watch god take what you got and your attitude and the faith that he put inside you and start watching it work maybe it's not working because you're not recognizing how good you really have it. You don't, you don't appreciate what he's given you and you're asking him for more. I've got people that'll tell me, you know, I want God to bless me with a whole lot of money. 
What are you doing with the money he's blessed you with now? If you're not faithful with what you have now, what makes you think he's going to give you more? Now, I'm sorry if that hurts. I'm not trying to I'm trying to help you. Be faithful with what you have in the little things. That's where all the test comes. It's in the little things. When you start doing the little things, bigger things happen. Let what comes out of your mouth build others up rather than tear them down. Here's your why. Number one, we don't complain. Why? So we can become more like Christ. We can conform more and be like Jesus. That's why we don't complain. Philippians 2, 14 and 15, do everything without complaining and arguing so that no one can criticize. Live clean, innocent lives. We read that. I don't want to run the race in vain. I will rejoice, lose my life, pouring it out like a liquid offering. You know, Paul could have listed, he's in prison when he's writing this. He could have listed other things. He could have said, do not lie, don't cheat, don't cuss, don't lust. He could have said a lot of stuff, but he said, don't complain. Because at its root, it's a heart issue, it's selfishness. It's self-centered, it's all about you. If you take you out and put God in there, you will start seeing things a little bit different. It's a game changer. You start becoming pure. It changes your perspective. God, I, you know, this isn't about me. This is about you. Because it will affect your, your soul, your mind, your will, your emotions. Let's put God in where he needs to be. We've talked about respond externally. It causes change, but there's more. Jesus said in Luke 6, 45, a good person produces good things. From the treasury of a good heart of evil evil things from the treasury of an evil heart what you say flows from what's in your heart new king james you know it's where people say good good tree produces good fruit bad bad fruit so we need to get to the heart the internal our foundation see if we're not right foundationally then it throws everything out of whack it's like what we started this message with if we if we're believing something wrong then we've already going in with a slant if you just want to act and this is all an act you know how to put it on you know how to to do whatever you know you know when to say amen you know when to go oh hallelujah you know when you know you can be an act as spiritual as you want but if you don't believe it you can split hell wide open we got the we got the quit the academy award performance because sooner or later that wears out. What we need to do is line up with the word of God. The heart of God is his word. And here's how. Number one, we don't complain. Number two, why? We can be like Christ. Here's number three. The how. I'm going to choose to rejoice no matter what. Choose to rejoice no matter what. I'm going to align my heart with what God says and I'm going to choose. Everybody say choose. Choose to rejoice no matter what. Philippians 2 17 through 18, I will rejoice even if I lose my life, pouring it out like a liquid offering. Isn't that incredible? Paul's in prison. He could be saying, this isn't fair. I didn't do anything to deserve this. I can't make a difference in here, God. I'm stuck. I'm chained. But he says, I'm going to rejoice with other believers. How could he do that? How could Paul feel that way? I'm going to tell you how he could feel that way because he has taken himself out of the equation and put Jesus in there. He is the one that said, it's no longer I that liveth, 
but Christ that liveth in me. It's not about me, it's about Jesus. He said, I've already died to me, so this is about him. Can I ask you, when were you all about him? I got to look at myself and go, God, this isn't about me. What if I'm put out? What if I had to go pick somebody up and take them to church? What if? Okay. It's not about me. I'm no longer the center of the story. It was Jesus. That's what Paul was saying. It's not about me. It's about my king. He was transformed, not just changed. And there's a difference. Pastor Tyus had, had even taught on that. There's, there's one thing to be changed. I could take this coat off and change into another one. But there's a whole other thing to be transformed because then it's internal. It's not just something I put on on the outside. It's something that's on the inside so it just comes out. You want to talk about challenge? I love what I do. I love what I do. Being a pastor, I love that. Preaching every week, preparing messages. But I got to be correct. Check it out. You just watched me make a mistake. I caught it. But you just watched me read the word wrong about 10 minutes ago. And then had to go back and go, that's not what it says. This is what it says. You got to understand, what, you know, as a pastor, I, I have I, the pressure to be correct. Because there's people that are, oh, they're going to look at the line. They can go online and they can, they can pull everything I say apart. They can take verbs out of this and that, put it here and there. Accountability. It's got to be engaging. If I do good, people come back. If I do bad, they stay home. You know what I'm saying? There's a lot of pressure. Month after month, week after week. And people compare pastors. Well, he's not like Joel Osteen. I'm not supposed to be like Joel Osteen. He's not like Rod Parsley. I'm not supposed to be Rod Parsley. He's not like T.D. Jakes. Hello. Get ready, get ready, get ready. <laughs> I'm not supposed to be like T.D. I'm supposed to be me. But, you know, I have to say, God, this isn't about me. This is about you. I'm just trying to be as real to you as I can. What good does complaining do? If we started thanking God instead of complaining to him. Put ourselves out of the situation. Put God's word on it. Brett, what do you mean? I'm going to close all this thing up. Your situation, whatever is bothering you, what does God say about what's bothering you? Help me, somebody. What's he saying? What do you complain about most? What's God's word on it? Whatever you complain about is what I mean. Line your mouth up with what God says, with the word. Your heart will follow your treasure. Make God your treasure. Then your heart will line up. When we start doing what God wants us to do, we're gonna, and we're going to see great differences. Strides will be made. Peace will come into your house. Peace will come into your heart. Here's number one. Our what? We're not going to complain. Number two, why? So we can be more like Jesus. Number three, how? I'm going to rejoice. I'm going to choose. Look at me. Choose. Choose. You choose. The enemy's going to put all kinds of thoughts in your mind. He's going, to, he's going to bombard you with negative, complaining thoughts and the bad and this and the ugly and, you know, all of that stuff. You choose what you dwell on. You pick it. You choose. The things that don't line up with the word, not doing that. Not thinking about that. Not going to do that. No, I'm not. 
Some people have asked me, how do you get your mind on another track? Do something else. If you're sit, sitting there and you're stuck and he's bombarding you, get up and get busy. Start singing a worship song. Start saying something about God. God, you're good. Grab your Bible. Open it up to one of your favorite scriptures and start reading it out loud. Do something different. Transform your mind. Renew it. You choose. What? Not complaining. Why? I want to be more like Christ. Three, I'm going to choose to rejoice no matter what. Would you close your eyes and bow your heads, please?